Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. We would like to acknowledge the Turrbal and Yagara peoples as the traditional owners of these lands where we stand, recognizing that these have always been places of meeting and sharing. I'd also like to pay my respects to their elders past, present and emerging. Hello and welcome to General Queries, a podcast about uh, the Brisbane queer scene with just a touch of artsy banter because we seem to be talking to a lot of artists recently. I'm your host, Talia. I am joined in the studio today with the lovely... Brandon Harrison. Hi, how are you? I'm great. It is an honour to be here, honestly. I've been waiting for this the entire week. Really? Yeah, I Oh my have. gosh, I'm so touched. <laughs> um, everyone out there in podcast land, um, I forgot to all tell you that you're all valid and I hope you're all having a great time on this beautiful afternoon, day, whenever you're listening. But I hope you're doing that. So, yeah, I've already asked you how you are. Mm-hmm. Um, how's the travel been? What's it? Travel was tedious. I live in good old Logan. Fun times. Yeah, very fun. But yeah, I'm I'm excited to be here. Thanks. So yeah, it was worth it. I'm worth excited to have you in the studio. Actually, we we've, we've done you. stuff before. And I just, we met at Vina Carver's Fresh Blood yeah, Festival. We, we where did I was it. your slave boy. Yeah, it was a, it was <laughs> a good fun time. Um, yeah, I was your front of house manager. Mm-hmm. You were my my minion. It was, <laughs> it was it was wonderful to work with you. Actually, it you was. were you were such a a good fun presence. You're to quite be a around. leader, actually. Thank you. Um, yeah, so give us a, a little bit of a, a self-spiel. How do you identify the pronouns? Okay. Well, um, I would say transgendered, mm-hmm. but as I'm quite new to taking hormones, I don't quite identify as a trans woman yet. Mm-hmm. I'm just waiting for that stage where I feel feminine enough to identify as a trans woman or a female. Um, it's only been about five weeks I've started hormones. Mm-hmm. So it's really about waiting till I notice changes and when I feel more comfortable, I can start identifying as a woman or a trans female, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Um, yeah, that's a little blurb yeah. about me. Why? Why did you decide to take hormones? It's a long. This is a long story. So buckle up. Um, We're ready. We're prepared. <laughs> I started doing drag about three years ago, mm-hmm. and I honestly just felt an immense amount of confidence when I was doing it. I felt like I was. I looked right. I felt right. You know, you look at yourself, you wake up in the morning, you look at your body, you're like, you are disgusting. And putting on drag made me feel like beautiful. I felt like validated. And, you know, growing up, I started playing with like makeup and mum's dresses and her heels and stuff. And I think that contributed to my transness. That's yeah. yeah, that makes understandable. sense. But I think it was an unconscious thing. I wasn't, I wasn't conscious of that until the past maybe three to five years so uh, I decided to like see a doctor and the wait month the wait for that was about three months from the original call to book the appointment so that was tiresome Uh, then the initial appointment happened about five weeks ago and 
I've heard stories that a lot of trans people, uh, it takes quite a while for them to actually get the hormones, the drugs. Mm-hmm. But she gave me them on the day. So I was quite surprised by that. I was like quite overwhelmed because she thought I was quite genuine in my my story of like wanting to transition. Yeah. Even though it was quite a cliche thing she's heard before. Like yeah. she even said that my mannerisms were quite feminine and I was I looked genuinely like I wanted to try transition. Yeah. So yeah. Okay. Why where did you get into drag? Why? Well where and, and oh, where? why? Um it all starts, you know, in, in your room. Yeah. The the, the door locked. Yeah. You know, when my dad was asleep, you know. Time to time to get yeah. out the, the makeup, guys. <laughs> yeah. So, like, I, remember, I actually remember I was in my first year of my Bachelor of in Acting mm-hmm. and we had a film class and have you seen Dallas Buyers Club? Yes. With um, Jared Leto? Yeah. As Rayon? Mm-hmm. I did a dual log from that with a partner and I did Rayon. Yeah. And that was, that was the first time I did proper drag. And like it felt so, it was so empowering, like just the, that makeup and the hair and the mm. clothes, it just felt right. And after that, I actually messaged the Beat Maker Club. Yeah. Because I wanted to perform because I knew I was like, I'm a good performer. Like I love performing, I love being on stage. Mm. So I messaged them and I said, look, I just want to perform at your club for free. I don't care. Yeah. I just want to perform for you. And he's like, okay, come in for an interview and we'll see what happens. And yeah, like I went in and I got the the gig and I was really excited. And I remember I was only there for like a few, a few weeks because I didn't realize how expensive drag was, you know, so expensive. Yeah. So I had to stop and like focus on my studies and stuff like that. But yeah, that's how it really started, I think, consciously. Yeah. What's the the interview process? I didn't know that you had to interview to be a drag queen at the beat. I Well, I think they want to just see what standard you're at. Yeah. Because, you know, it is like a, a job pretty much. Yeah. You know, that's how I see I see drag as a job sometimes. Like for most girls, it is a job, mm. you know, performing and making money. Girls, like drag queens, like make a living off performing. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's understandable. So – did you like have to walk in in full drag no, outfit? No, that was I was I was boy mode then. Okay, yeah. And initially he wanted to cancel the the interview, and I was like, why? No. But I was, you know. You held on to it. Yeah, I was keen to like get yeah. that gig. What was the What was the first performance like? I called myself Bambi that night because I was a mess, a hot mess. I got my first pair of heels I bought. Like I wasn't used to, I wasn't accustomed to walking in heels yet. So. Yeah. My walk was a bit, mm. but um, people say I'm a good performer, like, and I think I am. But I think I was really nervous that night, and the nerves got the better of me, and I was a bit, you know, yeah. messy. But you know, you learn from that. It was my first time, you know. Yeah. Did you perform again? I did. I performed that Saturday, one Saturday, and then I performed another Saturday, and I think that was it. Okay. But it was it was short run, but like it was worth it. I loved it. Yeah. Did you do anything after that, or um? I decided to focus on my studies more so. Um, I entered like competitions like here and there, like mm-hmm. occasionally. And, but yeah. Here and there? I've never heard of them. So this is a, <laughs> no, this like, is a great experience. This is I mean, me like, learning. No, like, um, I mean that in a way that I do it occasionally, like here and there. Oh, here, you know, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. There's me going like, oh, there's a competition called here and there. <laughs> great. Amazing. I thought I was hip and with it. I'm not. Give me a rundown of how expensive drag actually is. Because I've seen like oh, outside <laughs> of it, but I've never actually seen like the ins and outs. What's... It depends what kind of drag you do, really. Um, oh, there's different kinds. Yeah, of course. Like it's a whole array of drag. Um, 
But usually, if you're on a budget, mm-hmm. I was spending about a hundred dollars for a gig, and that's really cheap for a drag queen. That's really cheap. Like, um, usually you got the makeup, mm-hmm. the wig, the costume, heels. That usually contributes to like mm-hmm. doing drag. So it really depends on what kind of drag you're doing, how elaborate you want your drag to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you've developed like a, an inventory over the years? A really small one, but, you know, it's still got heart. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, how do you think, if you don't mind me asking, yeah. how do you think your transition will affect your drag? Will you continue it? Will you? Yeah, of course. I mean, girls do drag. Cis yeah. girls do drag all the time. I That's mean, true. anyone can do drag. It's for anyone. Yeah. So I think I'll definitely continue because I love drag. I love performing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Do you think it will change in any way or? Um, well, my body will change. Yeah. But I think besides that, mm-hmm. I'm going to still be the same person, the same performer. Yeah. Okay. And you're still going by Bambi or? No, that was like a nickname I gave myself oh, okay, because okay. I was a hot mess and I couldn't yeah, okay, keep my fair. legs straight. But I called myself Bella Blow. No, actually, I was called Candy Warhol after Andy Warhol. <laughs> Beautiful. I love yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But now it's Bella Blow. Bella Blow. Yeah. Okay, cool. Are we looking at performing in the next little bit or <sighs> no, focusing on a lot of other things? I think the transition at the moment is like the most mm-hmm. important thing for me. That's like top priority. Yeah. But my friend was saying, don't try and put other things off for this transition, mm. even though like for me, it is probably the biggest thing for me that's happened in the yeah. past year because it's so important to me. Yeah. You know, it's hard to, you know, find a job and, you know, continue studying because I deferred, as I told you before. Yeah. You know, but yeah. Absolutely. Beautiful. Um, oh, I forgot to ask just to clarify the pronouns because we, we kind of, we touched on it and then yeah. we then we didn't. But yeah, just pronouns just so mm-hmm. everyone else knows. Um, because I'm early in my transition, only five weeks, um, I don't really identify as a female yet. Mm-hmm. Like I feel, I sort of see it as energy. Yep. More so because I'm like, you know, masculine, feminine sort of energy always shifting. Yeah. That's how I see it. But, you know, I'm fine with like male pronouns and like gender neutral pronouns like they and oh. stuff like that. And so as the transition kind of continues, you'll find yourself, you think you'll find yourself fitting more and more into. The female pronouns. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's wonderful. Um, cool. Thank you so much. Um, my next question, which I always have on my list, is always like, what does your identity and what do your your labels and your sense of self mean to you and how you live your life? And I'm not quite sure if we feel like we've covered that already mm-hmm. um, or we haven't. So I'm going to ask the question. Mm-hmm. And if we feel that we've already covered it, yeah. then we can move on. But yeah, how, how do you think your identity and your sense of self kind of um, impacts you? Well, I've always said that the human spirit is much more important than the physical makeup of a human. Mm-hmm. And that's how I sort of see myself and how I view others. I don't judge them based on who they are physically because that shouldn't matter at all. Mm-hmm. I judge them based on their actions. That's how I feel like people should treat each other based on actions, not physical makeup. Um, how do you think your identity impacts your art? Ooh. I personally don't think it should matter, but... It does matter to people, which is the sucky thing. You know, there's a whole discussion about whether trans people should pay trans roles in films and TV. Mm. And I think when you're in a minority group, you really should be giving those parts to those minority people that are in those groups, you know? I don't know people say that, you know, but acting is being 
whoever you want, but not when, you know, minorities have such this negative light cast on them that they should be given the opportunity to be in these big roles, doing these big films and these big shows so that we sort of neutralize that negativity that these minorities get. Mm. So, yeah. Is it, does it impact like your processes or just like how you feel about the industry as a whole? Um, yeah, I get worried about whether I should go for cis female roles because I'm not a cis female. That is that there is that debate, you know, do you go for those roles or not? Or do you just find roles that are specifically trans, you know? So I'm not really certain of that yet until I actually get out there and look for roles. Until I feel confident with myself and my image, like right now it's like at this weird point where it's not feminine enough that I should be going for these roles. Mm. Yeah. Have you gone looking for casting or? Um, Because I've been focused on uni for the last three, four years. I haven't really had the chance to go out there and mm-hmm. find jobs yet. Yeah. Has the um the transition affected your studies in any way? You, I know that you said like yeah, you deferred. And stuff. I had to defer because I just couldn't. My ment my mental state wasn't the greatest, and I feel like I had to take the time to like nourish myself, I guess, and you know start this transition as soon as possible because you know I was waking up every morning looking at myself feeling like I was like a disgusting person because I wasn't who I wanted to be physically. Mm-hmm. And that was affecting my motivation, my inspiration. I felt so uninspired sometimes. And I feel like right now it's the best thing for me to do to take a break, start the transition, get to a good point, mm-hmm. and then go back to my last year of acting and just kill it. And you will. I yeah. believe you completely. You. you are incredibly <laughs> talented. Is there a difference between performative femininity and an innate femininity and what would you see that as? So is there a difference between how you perform, perform and, on and stage as an actor? As, as, as yourself, because I kind of, um, having engaged with a lot of like theory, it, it's kind of the idea that gender is performance mm-hmm. and um, as, as someone who is androgynous um innately but um performatively quite feminine um it's not something that comes up as much in my life Mm -hmm. but if for you does it does it appear to be more extreme is it the performance versus the innateness is there something more intense about that relationship um i don't quite understand like when you say like performing you mean everyday life or you yeah, is there a sense of having to perform? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, okay, I got you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I get you now. Sorry, a lot of words yeah, for, yeah, yeah. for a small question. Well, because like I wasn't born a female, I feel like I have to um, change things. Like sometimes I change my voice, mm. um, and you know sometimes maybe posture, uh, especially around heterosexual men, they can be quite intimidating sometimes. So you sort of have to like present yourself in a certain way, even though I probably shouldn't probably grow out of that but um yeah yeah which one do you think is more important the performance or the innateness i think it's a bit of both like i don't think it's one or the other mm-hmm. you know cause, yeah i mean like since i was a child you know playing with makeup that was sort of like instinctual almost i didn't really think about what i was doing i just Did picked it. up the makeup picked up the dress wore it didn't think about it and as i got older i feel like 
it became more performative because mm-hmm. I was more conscious of what I was doing and how I was acting. So I had to, you know, perform my femininity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is it something really intense that you have to go through? Like every day you kind of step out of the house and you're like, you have to yeah. do this now. Well, um, as I said, like I've had body issues, like yeah. not being comfortable with my own body, you know, and I'm hoping the hormones fix mm-hmm. that. And even today, I'm like, I'm wearing a choker. I never wear chokers ever. And I'm not dressed up in makeup and wigs and female clothing. So it was quite a ballsy thing for me to do. I just had a really stuff it moment and did it. Yeah. And I don't regret a second of it. No, you look stunning. Yeah. Continue to be amazing. Um, (laughs) Your eyebrows are always perfect. Remember you said that at Vina Carver? You're like, your brows are perfect. Your brows are, have always been perfect. Um, and I'm sitting here with substandard brows and you're just like showing me up. Um, you've always been like the Thank definition you. of absolutely flawless. Um, have to say you are here in the validation corner now. Uh, we validate son. We Thank validate so everyone. Um, yeah. um, so how does that kind of performance affect your, your everyday life? Like, is it, I think I set standards for myself that might not be necessarily achievable, if that makes sense. Yeah. I'm just trying to be the truest version of myself. Yeah. You know, I don't want to, I don't want to perform to people. I just want to be who I am without having to set a certain social standard for people. Mm. You know, yeah, it's, it's a hard thing to do. Like sometimes you wake up, look at yourself, you're like, who are you? What do you want to do with yourself? And it's also about pleasing the people you love. It comes down to that. Like I, said, I love my family. I love my, my close friends. And a lot of it is about setting a standard for myself to make them happy, if that makes sense. Yeah. Even though I should find happiness within myself as well. Like I like to be happy with the people I love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. yeah. That's really <laughs> I almost cried there, but yeah. I kept it together. We're, we're here. <laughs> we're doing it. We're doing it. Um, what has been your favorite like favorite experience ever with like the brisbane queer scene whether it be like at the beat or with a pride parade yeah. what what was it oh i would say performing in drag mm-hmm. every time the crowd is so warming most times because you know gays get a little bitchy but you know yeah <laughs> i have been there on on a couple of drag nights it's been interesting <laughs> sometimes they're like all for it and then sometimes yeah. no that's like anything though like they either love it or hate it you know <laughs> but um just that family vibe yeah. you know as rupaul says um as gay people we get to choose our families yeah. even if we find that our families might not love us after we come out to them yeah. you know you always find that that group or that clique yeah that love you for you yeah no matter what the found family. Mm-hmm, exactly. Which is and that's such a beautiful One of the greatest thing. things about the LGBT community yeah. is that found family. Mm-hmm. And that's what I love about us. Yeah. Yeah. What was, when did you realize that you'd found the family? Like, mm, Because I'm not necessarily quite open in this gay scene. Mm-hmm. I found my family when I was doing my acting course, a fellow gay boy that I met and his name's Aiden. Mm-hmm. You might listen to this, but I love Hi, you. <laughs> but yeah, he's probably the closest thing I have. And I found that bond with him mm-hmm. through our mutual, you know, interests and stuff like that. So yeah. And similar experiences just kind of mm. lead to friendship. Yeah, Yay. exactly. 
Um, can I ask, as someone who's not transitioning mm -hmm. um, or planning to, I guess, yeah. um, what's the process for that like? Like, what's the the build up to actually going to see the appointment like? Is it? Mm -hmm. um, well, I had to see a regular doctor, a GP. Mm -hmm. That was quite daunting because she had this really stern look on her face. She was like, Ugh. that was quite intimidating, actually. Yeah. But, you know, I just went there to get that done. She gave me a referral mm -hmm. to see my doctor, an endocologist. I think that's what they call them. Okay. That may be. Yes, there we go. Endocrinologist. <laughs> endocrinologist. There we go. Yeah. Um, and I got a referral with her phone number on it and I gave her a call. She didn't answer. So I had to give her a voicemail. Mm -hmm. Um, but because she's the only one in my area, the wait time for that was about three months. So I waited three months and then five weeks ago, I told this already, but. But it's exciting. <laughs> so let's tell it again. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Five weeks ago I saw her and I told her my story. She like, they asked you like, why do you want to do this? Mm -hmm. Like, how did it start? I gave my story, my cliche story. And, um. She thought, thought that I was quite genuine and she like, gave me the hormones that day. Mm -hmm. um, the medication I take is I take one estrogen pill, which is the female hormone, mm -hmm. and I take two T blockers, which is the te testosterone blocker. Mm -hmm. that's, that's two a day. So I take three pills a day. And they're actual pills. They're not yeah. dab ones. Okay. Well, you can take injections, but I think that's what happens when you increase the dosage of hormones. Okay. Um, so there are like slight side effects to the pills like mm -hmm. um, dizziness and uh, well, that's about it. That's what I'm like feeling oh, yeah. at the moment, really. But um, we've got we've got water for you. We'll yeah. give you more water. Um, <laughs> we promise. But um, I've noticed small changes like since only like early on. Mm -hmm. I've noticed that like, my skin's softer. Mm -hmm. um, I'm getting that hourglass shape. You know that the, the oh yes yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, mm. the one <laughs> that we all want. Yes. But besides from that, like nothing's nothing drastic's happened. Yeah. Um, a lot of trans girls say that at the one year point you'll be good, you'll be mm -hmm. sweet, like you'll have a feminine image. Yeah. 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 Do you think it's something you'll take for the rest of your life, or do you? Think well, you, you have will... to, oh, yeah. unless you detransition. I yeah. know that there are stories of some girls that don't end up going through with it. Okay. Yeah, I hope that doesn't happen to me because I really want this. Yeah. But um, Is people it... get surgeries as well. Like mm -hmm. they can go to that extent. Some don't. Some do. You know. Everyone's different. Everyone has their own, yeah. you know, their own journey that they go on. Mm -hmm. You know, right now for me, it's more so about the pills. Yeah. Surgery is an afterthought. It's not priority at the moment. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not a fan of, you know, fake breasts and stuff like that. Yeah. But we'll see. Yeah. We'll see what happens. Is it super expensive? Like, do you have to budget for it or? Uh, hormones are actually quite cheap. Mine are t about $20. So that's really okay. cheap. But it's mostly the surgeries that are expensive, like um, the vaginoplasties, mm -hmm. um, some get facial feminization surgery, yeah. which I want. Um, which is the electrolysis? And um, no, they um, they like fix your bone structure on the face. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. like the, the jaw, the nose, the, mm -hmm. um, the eye bone. Yeah. Um, I do get laser hair on my face because I know um, hormones don't really get rid of the hair on the face. Yeah. It thins out the body, the, the body, the body, the hair on the body. Yeah. But it doesn't really do the face, so that's why I'm getting laser for my face. Mm -hmm. That'll take about... 12 treatments i'm up to my fourth so yeah. not too far away you're actually quite yeah. far through yeah, yeah. You, so is was it like a deliberate again you are totally allowed to not answer this question no, at no, all because no, no. i understand this is like mm -hmm. transitions are quite personal 
Um, but is it like, did you decide to do everything in such a short amount of time? Just like build everything up and then get it all out of the way? Or has this actually been like a, a you've been saving up for, for months and years to do this? I'm a messy person, so I don't settle for anything at all. Right. Okay. So this is quite like a, almost like a last minute thing. Yeah. Afterpay helps as well, you know. Oh, Zip yeah. pay, that helps, you know. You've but, just uh, afterpaid yeah, everything. Yeah. Wow, okay. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, guys. If you want to transition, um, afterpay is the way to do it. <laughs> but um, it's been in my head for like the past three to five years. Mm-hmm. It's just that taking that step on whether I wanted to do it or not. Mm-hmm. Um. And the doctor tells you everything that the drugs do. And she mentioned that the hair on the face doesn't really thin out with the drugs. So that's why I went to laser hair. But um, I want to make the decision to do the rest of the body in case the drugs don't thin out my body hair, which yeah. I hope they do. But we'll see what happens. The process for a reason. Yeah. You know? mm. yeah. And what was, again, I may have already answered, I may have already asked and had this question answered, but what was like, the moment that tipped you over the edge and you went, yes, this is a thing that I'm going to do, definitely. Mm. I don't think there was a particular moment where I was like, I need to do this. I think it was a gradual build-up mm-hmm. over the years and it just mm-hmm. kept getting heavier and heavier until I was like, I need to do something about this. Mm-hmm. It's just getting worse. My mental health is declining. Mm-hmm. And it was only about just like this year that I decided to like see a doctor and get it done. Mm. Um. One of my favorite questions always mm-hmm. um, is if someone is questioning um, or curious, um, what advice would you give them and where would you lead them? So what advice would you give them and where would you lead them? In the age of the digital, mm-hmm. I would say go to YouTube, watch videos, go out and talk to trans girls, mm-hmm. ask them questions. If you're not sure, Google's there. You know, yeah. no harm in that. Uh, go out in the scene, go see drag shows, go to, there are trans queens that perform, go see if you can find one of those people and talk to them, mm-hmm. let them tell you their stories. Come to me, I'll talk to you. Yeah, we'll we'll give you links. Yeah, I got Facebook. Yay! <laughs> yeah, I'm more than happy to help anyone that's out there, that's out there that feels like they're lost. Like, I'll be your shepherd. You are an amazing human. Thank and you. You're doing so amazing. <laughs> I'm so proud. Genuinely, thank you so much it was for a coming pleasure. into the studio today. I love hearing your stories. Thank you for being just open and sharing. Thank you. Um, is there anything that you would like to plug at all? My phone because it's about to die, so that would be nice. Okay, we'll we'll get you a charger then. <laughs> cool. Thank you. Um, okay. But if you want to find me on Facebook, um. Brandon Harrison, B-R-A-N-D-O-N, Harrison, and just give me an ad. Yeah. Yeah. You look stunning in your profile picture, Thank as you. always. Um, you're always stunning. Nothing filters can't fix. Yeah. Precisely, yeah. Yeah, I think after that wonderful chat, thank you so much for coming okay. into the studio. Um, I would like to say to everyone out there in, uh, I was about to say TV watching world, uh, podcast <laughs> listening land, I hope you're having a wonderful, wonderful day. Remember that you are valid. Stay safe. This has been General Queries, and I'm your host, Talia. Drink water. Love you. Bye.
If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com.